0: The CBS Radio Mystery Theater presents... Come in. Welcome. I'm E.G. Marshall. One cannot be wise and in love at the same time said the poet and what is the implication that love obviously is a pastime and an occupation for fools ah well poets in general seem to have had a sorry time of it with love when you consider most of their verses on the subject and yet there would seem to be a melancholy strain of truth in their singing after all how many deliriously happy lovers Do you know? Lizzie, you have to give him up. I can't. But he's a liar. Yes. A thief. Probably. He'll betray you. Most likely. He could even kill you. It doesn't matter. How can you say it doesn't matter? Because I love him. mystery drama, Just to Keep Busy, was written especially for the Mystery Theater by Sam Dan and stars Robert Dryden and Judy Lewis. I'll be back shortly with Act One. A hunter went walking in the fields with his gun one morning and he saw a seagull. Having nothing better to do, he shot her. The line is from a play by Anton Chekhov, and it gives one pause. How true it is that so much of the harm that is done in this world does not result from an evil motive or a bad intention, but just out of sheer boredom, or, as the dramatist said, for lack of anything better to do. I'll buy that, Mr. Marshall. It's the story of my friend Woodrow. Woodrow Wallace, or Woody, as everyone calls him. Whenever you ask him why he's doing whatever it is he happens to be doing at the moment, why Woody just gives you that... Yes, I suppose I have to say it. That radiant smile of his and replies... Oh, just to keep busy. Just to keep busy. Well, this particular day dawned uneventfully enough. The morning was filled with routine chores when...
1: Mr. Gilmore, Mr. Woodrow Wallace is here to see you. He doesn't have an appointment. It's
0: all right. He doesn't need one.
1: Yes, Mr. Gilmore.
0: (sighs) Woody Wallace, just what I need to make the day. Franklin! As long as you're here, come on in, sit down. What kind of a welcome is that? A worn-out welcome. And I've come here to make you rich. Sure. Hey, 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 now, where's that old spirit, that old get-up-and-go? You know, I don't even know why I bother with you. Woody, I have just this moment come to a conclusion. And what is it? I'm finished with you. Now, you don't mean that. But I do. Now, how can you mean a thing like that? Woody, it happens to all of us. We realize it's time to put away the toys of childhood and assume the attitude of maturity. Oh, now, that sounds deep, old pal. Woody, you and I, we've outgrown each other. Now, just what does that mean? When we met, we were children. (laughs) What have you been smoking, old buddy? We met over in Vietnam. We were both 21 on the same day. Don't you remember we celebrated our birthday in a foxhole? Ah, we were still children. We were soldiers. What do you suppose soldiers really are? Oh, I knew this was going to be deep. It's a very special bond that holds soldiers together. The shared danger, the absolute dependence on each other. Oh, I need a drink. But with the return to civilian life, that special bond disappears. And the reason, the basis for the friendship vanishes. Which is why most of them peter out. Ah, but not ours, Frankie. Not ours. Now, Frankie, did I say I came up here to make you rich? Forget it. It's gone and forgotten. Not just rich, Frankie. I'll have you rolling in wealth. No. Money to burn. No. I refuse to listen. I am deaf to any offers, deals, proposals, propositions, in any form, shape, manner... Whatsoever. Okay. Just to show you there's no hard feelings, I'll take you to lunch. I can't go. I'm expecting a call from a client. He can call back. It's important for him to talk to me. You know, Frankie, I was counting on you. Now you know how I hate to eat alone. I'm sure something will occur to you. Something just has. That girl you've got out there. The the new one. What's her name? Uh no, Woody. What do you mean? Uh, no. She's different. Frankie, come on, they're all the same. She's a very naive, sweet girl. They're the best kind. What are you saying? Do you know what's wrong with our society? We've lost our innocence. People are too jaded, cynical. What a joy to go with someone who's fresh and sincere. Yeah, but, but Woody, you're engaged. Sure, sure. And Sally's in Europe. Lizzie is a very quiet... Oh, Lizzie. Lizzie, is that her name? Yes, yes, and, and what I'm trying to Lizzie, say is... I'm in love with the sound of it. She's a very quiet girl, Woody. Tell me, old combat buddy, have you uh, got a little action going there yourself, hmm? Certainly not. Come on, uh, I got me a clear field, huh? No, she's not your type. Is she or is she not of the female gender? What I'm trying to tell you is that she's a very vulnerable girl. Uh-huh. Well, tell me, is she old enough to vote? Of course. All I'm it. doing is just giving her an opportunity to cast a ballot. Woody, a thing like this, what... What do you want to start it for? Mm -hmm. Just to keep busy. Mm. Yes?
1: It's Mr. Timkins. Oh, yes. He's extremely anxious to talk to
0: you. Uh, Yes. Uh, Lizzie.
1: Yes, Mr. Gilmore?
0: Well, old buddy, I will leave you here to toil in the salt mines. Bye-bye. Lizzie, uh... Yes, Mr. Gilmore? What is it? What indeed? What could I say to her? Woody Wallace, a notorious rake. (laughs) They still use that word? Would she laugh at me? Woody Wallace is going to ask you for a date. Say no. Well, I mean, she's only my secretary. Besides, old Mr. Timkins wanted to talk to me. He had two million dollars that he wanted me to invest for him. I couldn't keep him waiting. Besides, Lizzie is a highly sensible girl and she would spot Woody for exactly what he is. Or would she? She certainly wouldn't go out to lunch with him. Or would she? Oh, you're back from lunch. Yes, Mr. Gilmore. It's a quarter to two. Did you have a nice lunch? Very nice. Really? Where'd you have lunch?
1: Oh, I just had a salad and iced tea downstairs in the coffee shop.
0: Oh, that's... that's fine.
1: Your friend, Mr. Wallace? He asked me to lunch.
0: Oh, did he?
1: Yes. I said no.
0: Well, that was very, very... But I
1: am going to have dinner with him.
0: You're going to have dinner with him? This evening. Lizzie, you shouldn't.
1: Mr. Gilmore.
0: Now, I realize I may be talking out of turn, but I feel responsible. Responsible? Why? Well, he's a friend of mine. And? And... If he hadn't come up here to see me, you... You would never have met him. And I would have been the loser for it. How can you say that? He's so handsome. And so charming. Now, Lizzie, Lizzie, please, listen to me. You've heard of collectors, stamp collectors, book collectors, art collectors. Well, Woody Wallace is also a collector. Really? What does he collect? Women. To him, every woman he sees represents a conquest. When he's made his conquest, he drops her. Do you believe me? Why would
1: you lie to me? Besides, I knew it.
0: And knowing you'd still go out with him?
1: Of course.
0: Oh, oh, I understand. You think you're going to be the one who can conquer him? hmm? Well, forget it, Lizzie.
1: All we're doing is going out to dinner.
0: Lizzie, he's engaged to be married. I know that. In other words, Lizzie, there's nothing I can tell you. They went out to dinner that night. And the next night. And the one after. They had lunch together every day. Saturday afternoon, I went to the club they were playing tennis. Sunday morning, when I went to the club, they were playing golf. And Sunday afternoon, Woody asked if he could borrow my sailboat and take her sailing. Well, the change in Miss Lizzie Wentworth was marvelous to behold. She'd always been efficient, but now she was effervescent.
1: Mr. Gilmore, isn't it a fantastic day?
0: It's not bad.
1: Do you know who knows how I feel? Or I should say knew?
0: No. Who? Robert Browning. Browning?
1: You never heard of Browning?
0: Oh, you must mean John Browning. He invented the machine gun that bears his name.
1: Robert Browning, the poet.
0: Oh, wonder if they were related.
1: I always loved poetry, even though I never really knew what it meant. Until just now.
0: Really? You... Never knew?
1: My favorite. From Pippa Passes by Browning. The years at the spring and days at the morn. Mornings at seven. The hillsides dew-pearled. The larks on the wing. The snails on the thorn. God's in his heaven. All's right with the world.
0: That it sounds... Sounds very simple to me.
1: Well, how can you possibly know what it means unless you're in love? In... in love? God's in his heaven. All's right with the world. In love? When you're in love, you know God's in his heaven and how absolutely right the world is.
0: In love with whom?
1: Why, with Woody.
0: Woody? Oh, no.
1: Oh, yes. And Woody's in love with me.
0: Well, how do you know Woody's in love with you?
1: How do I know? Oh, Mr. Gilmore, how do I know the sun is shining? How do I know my heart is beating? You have
0: misjudged Woody. I have? Well, now, Lizzie, just let me tell you this. Why must you tell me anything? I don't want you to get hurt. Hurt? By whom? By Woody.
1: Oh. Oh, how little you know Woody.
0: Woody and I were soldiers together in Vietnam. Nobody knows Woody better than I do.
1: You know the outside of Woody. The front he presents to the world. The cover that hides and protects the real Woody. (coughs) Real Woody? The real Woody. The shy, the timid Woody. The Woody who's frightened by the world about him. Who desperately needs love. And I know it, Mr. Gilmore, because... Because I'm frightened of the world myself. Woody and I recognized we were kindred spirits... We plan to be married. Married? Well, yes. It's what happens when two people are in love. You and Woody are getting married? You find it hard to believe. After all, you have so much invested in the Woody you thought you knew, it's hard for you to admit you were wrong.
0: (laughs) I'm so glad I was wrong. I'm so happy for you.
1: Could I ask you a favor? I don't have any family. Would you give the bride away?
0: Lizzie, I would consider that an honor and a privilege.
1: Oh, Mr. Gilmore, I'm so happy.
0: Woody, I came as soon as I got your message. What's up, Frank? I want you to be my best man. Well, then it's true. You are getting married. Why else would I need a best man? Well, I'm not sure I can be your best man. What do you mean, you're my best friend? How can you turn me down? It's not that I don't want to be. It's just that, uh, Well, I'm wondering if you're allowed to do both. Both? Both what? Can you be best man and give the bride away? Well, why... why would you give the bride away? Because she asked me. Uh, I... I don't understand. We only decided this thing a few hours ago on a transatlantic telephone... You mean she just called you from Paris and asked you to give her away? What about her father? Now, Woody, wait a minute. What are you talking about? Who, who are you going to marry? Now, what kind of a question is that? I'm going to marry Sally, my fiance. Sally? Well, of course, Sally. Who else? Who else? Didn't he promise to marry Lizzie? Well, uh, wait a minute. In the interests of strict accuracy, we did not hear him promise with our own ears. We heard Lizzie say something about the two of them planning it. Or maybe Lizzie heard what she wanted to hear. Well, we'll all hear more about this thing in Act Two. And uh, for those of you who are waiting for someone to get killed, stick around. You know how quickly the game of love... ...can become the game of death. It's an old story. As old as love itself. And as long as love lives... ...we shall hear it again and again. There are those who give their hearts away too slowly... ...and there are those who give them away too quickly... And those who never give them away at all. There are those who were born to break hearts. And those who were born to have their hearts broken. And what can be done about it? It's the way of the world. You're... You're going to marry Sally... Well, Frank, to whom have I been engaged on and off these past five years? Yes, but just this noon, she called me. She said, darling, my show is a success. They're wild about my designs. I've finally arrived. I'm selling like mad. I can now afford to support you. Let's get married. Yes, but Woody... She's flying in from Paris on Saturday. Wedding is Sunday afternoon, 2.30 sharp, at St. Bart's. So be there. Woody? Hmm? What about Lizzie? Oh, oh, do you think Lizzie would like to come? Why don't you bring her along? Why, you dirty... <coughs> oh, it's, uh, It's quite all right, ladies and gentlemen, I... Uh, it's just two old buddies having a difference of opinion. Okay, Woody. Uh, if you want to take a sock at me, let's go outside. Now, what we'll get into you, Frank? Of all the cold, callous, insensitive things to say, invite her to the wedding... I know you don't have any morals, but can't you at least have some... taste? what are you getting all worked up about? Do you know what you did to Lizzie? Oh. Oh, it's uh, Lizzie. Well, let me set you straight, Frank. You're going to set me straight? You don't live in the real world. I don't live in your world, that's for sure. There is only one world, Frank. And you've been fighting it all your life. It's the world of take what you want. It's the world of... uh, How else can you say it? The world of eat, drink, and be merry because tomorrow... But there is no tomorrow. And once you're gone, who knows? Who cares? What will it have mattered? I think it will have mattered. Frankie, Frankie, it doesn't mean a thing. The rain that falls on the just and the unjust alike. What does it have to do with the fact that you broke an innocent girl's heart? Innocent? Come on, Frank. What are you going to tell her? What do I have to tell her? That you're going to marry Sally Schaefer? She'll read about it in the paper, won't she?
1: Mr. Gilmore, the Timkins file is up to date, and I've finished all your letters. I have one or two little things to do, but I, I won't take a lunch hour.
0: Why? What's up? Woody told me. Woody told you what?
1: He told me you were lending him the boat, and it's going to be a great afternoon for sailing. Sailing? Yes, I thought if I could leave here at two, we could make the tide at three o'clock.
0: You, you're going sailing with Woody this afternoon?
1: Well, I wouldn't ask for the time off if I didn't have all the work under control.
0: But how can you go sailing with Woody this afternoon?
1: Well, I know most people go on Saturday, but Woody says he has something else that he has to do tomorrow.
0: That's what he told you? He has something else to do tomorrow?
1: Yes. He said he had something to take care of this weekend, and so is it all right for me to take the afternoon off?
0: No. No, it is not all right for you to take the afternoon off.
1: But Mr. Gilmore... I very rarely ask
0: for anything. Uh, who cares? What's it to me what you do? You want to ruin your life? Go go, go right ahead. But don't say that I didn't warn you.
1: Well, I appreciate your efforts to shield me from this sad, bad, wicked world, but I'm your secretary, not your daughter. Excuse me, I should have said, "Sister.": That's better. You have an idea in your head about Woody Wallace. Well, you're wrong. I told you, Woody and I were getting married.
0: Uh, may I ask when? When? Well, if I'm to give the bride away, I want to put this on my calendar. When are you and Woody getting married? Soon. Soon. I see. Well, I have to make a call on my private line. I don't want to be disturbed.
1: Yes, Mr. Gilmore.
0: What kind of alleged human being are you, anyhow? Oh, I know who this is. You're taking her sailing? Of course, sailing. And then dinner and dancing at the club. And she doesn't know what's happening on the weekend? Now, why should she know? It would spoil her evening. And you're not going to tell her? Well, that would spoil mine. I'll tell her. You would do that to a pal? I never want to speak to you again. You know, you've been saying that every day for ten years, but we're still buddies. We always will be. Now... Let me give you a true buddy's advice. I don't want to hear another word out of you. You tell her. You know what'll happen? She'll blame you. Me? You know what they used to do with the messenger that brought the bad news in the olden days? They'd cut off his head. You know why? Because it was his fault. So go ahead, tell her. She'll hate you for the rest of her life. You're <laughs> he most unscrupulous, contemptible... Go on, lay it on. I love it. Woody, I was the one who brought you into the club. For which I thank you from the bottom of my heart. It's a very conservative place, and you've been bringing Lizzie there constantly. Why not? Well, everybody's gotten to know her and like her, and they think that you two are going to be married. I can't be held for what other people think. But uh, if the two of you show up there tonight, two starry-eyed lovers on... what amounts to the eve of your marriage to Sally... What do people think of you? Frank, I've never been concerned with what people think of me. (laughs) I was going to go out there and tell her. But then, what good would it do? He was right. She would always resent me for it. It's how people are. Sometimes the truth is so unpalatable we have to find a scapegoat. Well, I'd wander about him in no uncertain terms. What more could I do? Well, what you're about to hear now was told to me by Woody himself. It seems they were out on my boat, just drifting, the whole mile or two off the coast, listening to the radio, watching the sun set...
1: How the darkness slowly fills the water and how the sunlight seems to flee from it?
0: Hmm. You know, I never looked at it that way before.
1: Oh, Woody. Does anyone have the right to be as happy as I am? Mm
0: -hmm. No one has the right to be more happy.
1: This is perfect, just being here. Is it also perfect for you, my darling?
0: I have never been happier.
1: And now the very last rays of the sun have gone until tomorrow. Oh, darling, I wish Frank Gilmore could see us now. Why? Where does he get his ideas about you?
0: You know Frank.
1: You're so sweet, so loving. You're everything a girl ever dreamed of.
0: Darling, uh, it's dark now. We'd better be heading in, huh?
1: I think I won't be able to see you tomorrow and Sunday. Two whole days without you. I don't know how I'll get by.
0: Ah uh, Lizzie.
1: What is it, darling? Uh... There's something wrong. You have such an odd tone in your voice.
0: Oh, uh, must be getting a bit hoarse from the evening breeze out here.
1: Well, then let's head right in right now. Take no time at all. We have a good following breeze.
0: Now, where did you learn how to sail?
1: My grandfather raised me. Oh? Yes, he was an old fishing boat captain. You would have liked him. He would have liked you. Can we name our first boy after him? Zachariah.
0: Zachariah.
1: (laughs) I realize old biblical names aren't popular any longer, but they haven't been replaced by anything better, have they?
0: And now it's time again for our special feature, Personalities in the News. Today we bring you tidings of one of America's most exciting
1: fashion designers, Sally Schaefer. Do you mind if we turn that off? Oh, please, let's not. She's my favorite designer. We just made a tape telephone
0: interview with Sally in Paris. Sally, can you hear me? Yes, Dick? I understand you had a great triumph in Paris. Oh,
2: but I'm coming back to an even greater triumph at home. Are you? Yes, I'm flying home tomorrow. And can you guess why?
0: No, but I'll bet it's exciting.
2: I'm getting married on Sunday. Your what? I'm getting married to the great love of
0: my life, Woody
1: Wallace. Why did you turn that off, Woody? Oh,
0: these celebrity interviews are a bore.
1: What does she mean she's marrying Woody Wallace?
0: Oh, is is that the name she said I didn't hear?
1: Woody Wallace.
0: Well, could be a lot of guys by that name.
1: Is that what you're going to be busy doing this weekend? Getting married?
0: Uh, well...
1: The answer is yes or the answer is no. It isn't, uh, well.
0: Now, Lizzie, uh, Lizzie, let me explain.
1: Explain what?
0: Everything. Now, this thing was arranged before I met you.
1: Didn't you say you were going to marry me?
0: Well, you know, being absolutely literal, I said we would always be together. I I never actually said the word marry. I see. I, uh, I have to marry Sally.
1: You have to marry Sally?
0: Yes. uh, You see, she has a lot of money. And now she'll have more than ever, don't you understand? I need a lot of money. Lizzie, I have expensive tastes. It's not my fault. No. It's
1: really my fault.
0: Now, I want you to believe one thing. I love you.
1: But you're going to marry her.
0: Well, it doesn't have to be the end of everything. It doesn't? No, she uh, doesn't need a husband. She only wants one for what the kids in school call show and tell. You know what I mean? We, we haven't been married till now because she's too wrapped up in her career.
1: You're going to marry her on Sunday.
0: Yeah, yeah, it's all said, but afterwards...
1: Please, Woody, don't marry her.
0: Now, Lizzie, Lizzie...
1: Marry uh... me. You're the only man I... I ever... Marry me, Woody. Well, I,
0: I can't. Don't you understand? I'm broke. I
1: love you, Woody. No woman can ever love you the way I do. That
0: should be worth a fortune. Well, the fact... The fact is, I am not good enough for you. You're... So beautiful and, and intelligent. You're soft and warm. white. you're bound to attract somebody who's worthy
1: of... Please, Woody,
0: please. Lizzie. Lizzie, now look, we're both adults, and we should both realize that it was just one of those things. Lizzie. I'm sorry, Woody.
1: I had no right to make things difficult. Under the circumstances, there's really only one thing I can do. And it's the only thing that makes sense to me.
0: Excuse me. Lizzie, what are you going to do? I'm going to kill myself. Well, Lizzie, don't. Don't. Come back. Come back. Lizzie. Lizzie. waters of the Atlantic Ocean close over Lizzie Wentworth. Desperately, Woody Wallace tries to bring the sailboat about in the freshening breeze, and he peers into the blackness of the night. How can he find her? What can he do? Well, what you can do is just try to relax and wait patiently for Act Three. Brothers, playing on the leaves, love becomes a thing of light and dark. All at once, the doubts arise. Shall love emerge into the light or disappear into the darkness? Frank Gilmore is telling the story of Lizzie Wentworth and Woody Wallace. Well, the rest of it you might have read in the papers. He doesn't know how long he sailed about out there trying to find her. Finally, he headed back to the club. As he stepped off onto the pier, old Tom Higgins, the dockmaster, was there. Tom told about a very shaken Woody Wallace indeed. Evening, Mr. Wallace. Where's Miss Wentworth? Uh, Miss Wentworth. She, uh, she She's out there. In, in the water, I guess. You'll guess... What's she saying? Well, she, uh... She fell out of the boat. Fell out of the boat? Well, I, uh... I I guess she jumped. What are we... What are we standing here for? We gotta get help. Get the Coast Guard. We gotta get moving. the Coast Guard turned out, so did small boats from all the neighboring towns. There must have been hundreds of craft searching intently all through the hours of the night and into the dawn. But there was no trace of her. I went out myself. But I didn't think we'd ever find her. Around the spot where she'd gone over... is a current that sweeps out to sea. it didn't look good for poor Lizzie. And it was beginning to look very bad for Woody, too. He asked me to meet Sally at Kennedy Airport and explain. Oh, Frank...
2: How are you, darling? Oh, oh where's Woody?
0: Well, uh, he couldn't make it.
2: Couldn't make it?
0: Uh, yes, Sally, he... Oh, uh, oh.
2: I smell a cover-up. The old faithful army buddy is here to sell me a mother goose yarn about my Woody. No, uh,
0: no, no, no. I'm not here to cover up. It's too serious for that.
2: Serious? Well, where is Woody?
0: He's in jail right now.
2: In jail? Oh.
1: what
0: is it? I told her on the way into the city. I held nothing back. I was in no mood to protect Woody, not this time. I told her all about Lizzie, the full story from beginning to end. She listened. Her face betrayed absolutely no emotion. The
2: poor girl committed suicide. It's regrettable. Oh, I know it. Doesn't make Woody look like a hero, exactly. He really didn't commit a crime. That is a a, a legal crime. So on what charge is he being
0: held? Suspicion of murder. Murder? Well, the girl committed suicide. You just said she jumped overboard in an effort. I'm only saying what Woody said. But murder? A great many people refuse to believe she committed suicide. Why? Well, she was a likable girl. Actually many people would find her lovable.
2: Oh, yes? Well, go on.
0: At the club, they impressed people as a very loving couple. Oh, yes? Most people didn't know that you and Woody were going to be married. I had just found out about it myself.
1: I
2: still don't see where they can have a murder charge.
0: They say he killed her because she refused to let go of him. She might have threatened to expose their affair to you and break up the marriage. But all this is supposition. Of course. But his reputation is against him. She was a lovely girl. Everybody thought she was too good for him. Everybody wants to believe he murdered her.
2: Oh, but that's not justice. (gasps) Woody couldn't kill anyone. They're obviously trying to railroad him.
0: Oh, I don't think so. These people sincerely believe he's guilty. And many of them are powerful people. Influential politically. And then we have Minerva Lewis. Who is she? Our brand new district attorney. First woman to hold the job. She thinks she can make this case go.
2: I'll stand by him, Frank.
0: What's true without any doubt is the affair between Lizzie and Woody. Woody.
2: Well, that part of it is my problem. But I will stand by him now.
0: They're going to claim that I killed her because... uh, because she would tell you about our affair.
2: No. You're admitting to me that
0: you did have an affair. Sally, Sally, I'm sorry. It's just... Just what? Well, it's, it's just that when you're not around, I get lonely. You see? I'm at loose ends. I just can't help it. It didn't mean a thing. But if you would do this thing for me...
2: Yes? What thing?
0: Say that you knew about it. Say that you knew I was having an affair.
2: I didn't know you were having an affair. That would be perjury.
0: But you knew that I was having an affair with someone. I did? Yes. In your heart, you knew there would be someone else for me until you got back. That would not be perjury, Sally. And it would get me off the hook.
2: You want me to say, in a court of law, under oath, that I know the man I intend to marry has affairs with other women as a regular thing when I'm not around?
0: Well, yes. Yes, that's what it comes to. <laughs> She looked at him very closely. And I think she saw him for the first time. Not as a charming, exciting rogue, but as someone who would bring her nothing but misery and heartache. What did she need him for? And so she just walked out of there. Walked away from him forever. And took with her any real chance he may have had of saving himself. The indictment was handed down, the trial began, and the district attorney obviously knew what she was doing. Mr. Wallace,
2: you had finally decided to marry Sally Schaefer because she had become suddenly famous and wealthy. No, that isn't true. You've been engaged for five years. Why marry now, suddenly? Never mind. Your silence has answered the question. But meanwhile, there was a problem. You had seduced Lizzie Wentworth. You had promised to marry her. No,
0: no, I made no such promise.
2: You did not promise to marry Lizzie Wentworth? No. In that event, you may step down. And the people call as their next witness, Mr. Frank Gilmore. Mr. Gilmore, isn't it a fact that Mr. Woodrow Wallace promised to marry Lizzie Wentworth?
0: That's... that's what she told me.
2: Isn't it a fact that she asked you to give her away? Yes. And isn't it a fact that he jilted her? Well... And isn't it a fact that this made you so furious that you had a fist fight with him at the bar of the Ensign Club? Isn't it a fact that you were heard to say to him, do you know what you did to Lizzie?
0: She was driving it home for all it was worth. I looked all around the courtroom at the spectators, at the jury, at the judge. The verdict was already in.
2: Ladies and gentlemen of the jury. He lied to her. He seduced her. He broke her heart. And then, having no more use for her, he tried to cast her aside. But she refused to go quietly. She told him she would expose him for what he was to his fiance. She made the mistake of telling him that on a boat where he could kill her and throw her body overboard. He has also made the mistake of trying to lie his way out of it... and so stupidly, so clumsily, so obviously.
0: (laughs) Ironic, isn't it? That someone like Woody should be brought down by a woman? The jury stayed out for two hours. I think they did it so they could have lunch... The verdict, guilty. The sentence, life. Frank. Frank, I tell you, I'm I'm innocent. I may not have been the nicest guy in the world, but I didn't kill her. She killed herself. Now you gotta help me. There's gotta be justice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You believe that now about justice and right and wrong. Now don't lecture me. You're the only friend I've got in the world. Help me. But what could I do to help him? I tried to get some people interested in his case, but he was hardly a sympathetic character. And so, the months went by, then a year, two years, and I would get notes from Woody. Frank, you gotta get me out of here. I'll suffocate in this place. And I felt bad, but what could I do? Then, one day, I was on a business trip, and I stopped for lunch at a restaurant in a small southern coastal town. There was a girl sitting at the next table. And she was with a very tall, very handsome man. And she seemed so familiar. I must have been staring at her because she got up and came over to my table.
1: Yes, Frank. It's Lizzie. Lizzie. But you... You're dead. I was almost dead. I wanted to die. But once I was in that cold water, I changed my mind. I struggled, I, I fought. I wanted to live for hours and hours. And just as I was about to give up, a man came by in a boat and he saved me.
0: Well, why didn't you?
1: I'm, I must have been in the water a very long time. I was sick. I didn't even know who I was for a while. But the man brought me back to health.
0: The man who's at the table with you? Yes. We fell in love. Love, Frank.
1: Not the delusion of it that I'd known with Woody, not that awful self destructive madness, but love, as it's meant to be. And now God's truly in his heaven and all's right with the world.
0: Well, God may be in his heaven, but Woody's in jail. I know. You could come forth and he'd go free. I know. But Lizzie, he doesn't belong there. Doesn't he? Lizzie, I could tell the authorities you're alive.
1: You're not saying that with very much conviction, Frank. Besides, you couldn't prove it. You don't know where I live or what my name is now or how to find me.
0: Do you want to punish him?
1: Someone has to. If he were at large, there would be other Lizzies. Not all of them would be as lucky as I am.:
0: Are You going to let him stay there for the rest of his life?
1: Probably not.
0: How long will you keep him in prison?
1: Oh, I'll think about it.:
0: And as far as I know. She still is thinking about it. Now, you may say it's wrong for any person to use the criminal justice system for his or her own private ends. But life has its little ironies, doesn't it? There are many guilty people who really don't deserve to be in jail. And many innocent ones who do. And all we're doing is adding to the confusion. I shall return shortly. just to keep busy. It used to be that keeping busy was never a problem. People worked at back-breaking, spirit-crushing labor from dawn to dark. Time never hung heavily on the hands. There were those who said that if people were freed from constant toil and were given leisure, they would become philosophers and poets. Why hasn't it worked out that way? Well... You can spend some of your leisure time profitably with us. Our cast included Robert Dryden, Judy Lewis, Larry Haynes, and E.V. Juster. The entire production was under the direction of Hyman Brown. This is E.G. Marshall inviting you to return to our mystery theater for another adventure in the macabre. Until next time, pleasant dreams.